Good morning. Uh, This morning's reading is taken from Luke chapter 2. If you'd like to join with me in your Bibles or it's on the screen behind me. And we're reading from verse 8 to 14. Okay, the shepherds and the angels. Reading from verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favours rest. This be the word of the Lord. Oh, good morning, everybody. Good to be with you. If you're visiting with us for the first time this morning, you're our guest. A very warm welcome to you. Well, without question, Christmas is the largest celebration of the year, isn't it? Most other celebrations get a day, but Christmas gets an entire month. In fact, in Wyoming and Erina, there are are shops that are entirely uh, devoted to Christmas all year round. And this is the Central Coast. Has anyone been to America and experienced a Christmas before? (laughs) I haven't, but uh, we certainly watch those movies and and we get the sense that, you know, Christmas is absolutely everywhere. There's there's no escaping it. But even here in Australia, even here on the Central Coast, the lead-up to the 25th of December is a big deal, right? You know, there are lights to hang, trees to decorate, carols to sing, presents to buy, parties to attend, holidays to prepare for, cards to write, menus to plan, stockings to fill, people to see, TV shows to watch. Now, it's all important and appropriate that we do celebrate um, and not just allow the event of Christmas to pass us by. The universal message of Christmas, as foretold by the, from the angel to the shepherds, is that Christmas is good news of great joy for all people. However, for many people, Christmas can be a stressful time. With so much to do and so much to prepare, Christmas can become more of a hassle than a source of happiness. Christmas can become something we have to endure rather than enjoy. For some, however, it's not the busyness and the buying that is the problem. It might be the build-up of internal tension that you sense because you know that on Christmas Day you're going to come face-to-face with that family member or maybe those family members with whom relationship has become strained. Perhaps it's the loneliness, the thought of no longer sharing this special occasion with that special loved one in your life, maybe your spouse, your husband or wife, maybe a parent or a grandparent. Christmas certainly has a tendency of reminding us of certain losses and hurts. 
In addition to that, many of us can just feel weary and exhausted from the year that has been. Regardless of how you might be approaching this Christmas season, it's important to be reminded that God cares very deeply for you. And no matter what your circumstance, Christmas is a time to celebrate good news of great joy for all people. That includes you. For the next three Sundays, Terry and I are going to consider the purpose of Christmas with you. Uh, And this is based on a, a little book written by Rick Warren. Now, apart from the fact that it's a great refresher for believers, it also offers us some wonderful, simple ideas and messages for the purpose of Christmas that we can share with others this Christmas season, the life-changing message of Jesus. You see, beneath all the visible sights and sounds of Christmas is a transformative message that can impact our lives both here on earth now, but also forever into eternity. Of all the Christmas presents we might receive this Christmas, and indeed in Christmas's past and present, nothing compares to the very best Christmas gift that we receive from God, his son Jesus Christ. Warren writes, God's Christmas gift to you has three qualities that make it unique. First, it is the most expensive gift you'll ever receive. It's priceless. Jesus paid for it with his life. Second, it is the only gift you'll ever receive that will last forever. Finally, it is an extremely practical gift, one that you can use for the rest of your life every day. On the first Christmas night, the angel announced three purposes for the birth of Jesus. Christmas is a time for celebration. Christmas is a time for salvation. And Christmas is a time for reconciliation. The good news of Christmas is, first of all, personal. The angel said, I bring you. It is positive, good news of great joy, and it is universal for all people. No matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, this news is for you. The message of the angel can be summed up by saying, God loves you, God is with you, and God is for you. Christmas is a time to celebrate that God loves you. The most famous statement in the Bible is Jesus' explanation of why God sent him to earth. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The entire reason for Christmas is the love of God. God loves people so much that he came to earth as a person. His love is personal. He is not a remote or a distant God, but chose to get up close and personal with humanity to demonstrate the lengths of his love. The theological term for what happened that first Christmas is called the Incarnation where God embodied flesh. He became one of us so we could understand what he is really 
like. Colossians 1.15 says that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. In the person of Jesus, we see a picture of what God is like. God could have chosen thousands of ways to communicate with humanity, but he designed us, and so he knew the best way to communicate with us would be face to face. I remember when I was in primary school, and I'm sure this still goes on today, but if you liked a girl, or if a girl liked you, you would always send a friend to tell that person that you liked them, (laughs) or vice versa. You would never receive the message from the person themselves. Is that right? (laughs) And when God wanted to convey his great love for humanity, he could have very well sent an angelic representative, maybe some kind of a heavenly prime minister figure to announce this good news, but no. He came himself because God knows that if you really want people to know how much you love them, you need to tell them yourself. And that's exactly what God did at Christmas time. You see, love is not just something God does. Love is who God is. It's his very nature. The very reason for creation enables God to give expression to his love. Psalm 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. You and I were created to be objects of God's love. He made us in order to love us. We would not exist if God had not willed it. Although there might be accidental parents, there are no accidental children with God and from his perspective. Warren writes, because God's love for you is unconditional. He loves you on your bad days as much as on your good days. He loves you when you don't feel his love as much as when you do. He loves you regardless of your performance, your moods, your actions, or your thoughts. His love for you is unchanging. Everything else will change during your lifetime, but God's love for you is constant, steady, and continuous. There is nothing we can do to stop God from loving us. God's love for you and for me is not based on my or your conduct. It is based firmly in God's character, in who he is, not in what we have or haven't done. The gospel refuses to allow us to leave Christ in the manger. I love this image, don't you, Pam? I know this is something Pam is really big on, which I think is great. Jesus grew into manhood, and he modelled for us the kind of life that pleases God. He taught us the truth, paid for every sin we'd ever commit by dying on the cross, and then he proved he was God by coming back from death to life. Casting Crowns have a song called East to West, that reflects on Psalm 103, verse 12, which says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. The song has a very powerful lyric, because you know just how far the east is from the west, from one scarred hand to another. The song paints an amazing picture of Jesus hanging on the cross with outstretched arms, 
saying, this is how much I love you and this is how far I have removed your sins. It's an incredible picture of God's love. Christmas is a time to celebrate God's love, that God loves you. It is also a time to celebrate that God is with us, that God is with you. As I mentioned earlier, Christmas can be a time where for some people it is a particularly lonely time, where you may be alone. And right now, even today, you may not feel like God is with you. But God's presence in your life has nothing to do with your feelings. Feelings, of course, will come and go. But God came to earth at Christmas time to remind us that He is always with us. He is always available to those who call upon Him, no matter who we are. Psalm 139, verse 7 says, I can never escape from your spirit, I can never flee or get away from your presence. God's presence is unchanging. What does alter is the frequency that we're tuned into. Who are we listening to? What voices do we allow into our lives? Sometimes we can allow negative and destructive voices to dictate our feelings. As believers who claim allegiance to Jesus, this will always be the case. We have an enemy who wants to kill, steal and destroy. Whose voice are you listening to? We need to learn to tune out from those negative, destructive voices that seek to kill and destroy and steal. And we need to learn to intentionally tune in to the voice that brings abundant life. Is it any wonder why the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I love this image of tuning in a radio station. I think it's something we can relate to. And I've been thinking this week about all the noise in our world and all the noise in our lives. There's so much of it, isn't there? There are so many messages that come into our world. (laughs) Now, many of those messages, we actually allow them to come in and to enter in through, you know, through these kinds of devices. But even just going into the shopping centre, the the songs that we hear on the radio, the programmes, the advertising, there is so much noise let alone the noise we hear from other people. It's really got me thinking about how intentional are we about ensuring that there is good, godly news and voices coming into our lives. What we allow in makes a huge difference about how we think. And that shapes a a sense of reality for us. So is your sense of reality that God loves you, that God is for you? Or is it perhaps those negative voices that you're a failure? That God is somehow against you? Throughout the Bible, several names 
are given to Jesus to describe his purpose for coming to earth. One such name taken from Matthew's gospel is Emmanuel, God with us. Sadly, in this life, we may be abandoned by a spouse, by our parents, by our children, or by someone who we thought was a friend. Facing the pain of such rejection can be so difficult. And if you have been abandoned by somebody close to you, I'm sorry for the pain that that has caused and no doubt continues to cause. In spite of the fact that some people might abandon us, God never has, or for that matter, never will. He has promised several times throughout the scripture that he will never leave or abandon his people. The Christmas message reminds us that God is with us. Finally, Christmas is a time to celebrate that God is for you. No one wants what's best for you and I more than God. God doesn't want people to be afraid of him. He wants people to run to him, not run from him. I'm sure you're familiar with people joking about the roof falling in on the church if they were to set foot in one. Now, whilst this comment is often made in jest, it reveals that beneath the surface, whatever thoughts that person has of God are fearful ones. It reveals a mentality of a God who is out to get them, a God who wants to punish, a God who wants to scold. This is a God to be afraid of. This is a God to run away from. Sadly, such an attitude reflects an ignorance of what God is really like. 1 John 4, 16 and 18 says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. God is not mad at you. Jesus said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. I really like what Warren writes about this. He says, if you study the life of Jesus, you'll quickly see that when you make a mistake, Jesus doesn't rub it in, he rubs it out. He came to erase all your sins, mistakes, failures and regrets. That's why the first statement the angel made to the shepherds was, do not be afraid. Jesus came to save us, not to scare us. Friends, brothers and sisters, Christmas is a time to celebrate. It is a time to celebrate that God loves you. It is a time to celebrate that God is with you. And it is a time to celebrate that God is for you. Amen. May we go into this Christmas season with that message ringing in our ears loud and clear. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for the wondrous gift of Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas time. 
Lord, for many of us, we've seen many, many Christmases come and go. We know the story. We've heard it a thousand times. And yet may we never take the wondrous message of Christmas for granted. May you somehow, we're still within us, that childlike joy and anticipation, not for presence, but for your presence in increasing measure in our lives. So, Father, I pray that at this Christmas time, we as your people might learn to tune out those negative, destructive voices that seek to kill, steal and destroy, and that we might tune in to the voice of our Saviour, the voice, Lord, that brings life, the voice that says, I love you, the voice that says, I am with you, and the voice that says, I am for you. May we hear these words and live in the confidence and the security that they bring. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.